When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode was sponsored by our Patreon patrons, Julie Gray, Mary Jones, Jessica Smith, Kim Hokinson, Jan Elise Cannon, Jill Harrigan, Jamie Ling, Maria Sanchez, Heather McKinnon, Valerie Jacobson, Chantel Oliver, Katrina and Kristen, Tamzane Weir, and Caitlin McTaggart. You can become a patron for as little as a buck a month to help make more episodes happen. Thank you so much for being our sponsors. We couldn't do it without you. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Katie. Gear up. We're going in. Woohoo! Uh, where? To a deep, dark cave where no <gasps> one has ever been before. <laughs> Ooh. Have you ever been in complete darkness? Like, true? Yes, in a cave. Oh, me too. <laughs> by myself as I was abandoned by my family and guide because I was too claustrophobic to go any further. Oh, my. It was kind of cool, actually. I was on a tour of Aylwee Cave in Ireland, mm. and they've got it all lit up as you go. But then at one point, the guide just said, would you like to experience true darkness? Yeah. And he just turned off all the lights. True, real yeah. darkness. It's a I, shocking experience. Yeah. He actually told us he was involved in a cave rescue where he had to stay in complete darkness with somebody who was trapped. Mm. And... He said that you start hallucinating because mm. your senses just cannot handle the true darkness. So wow. you're hearing things, you're seeing things, and wow. the power of darkness. Okay, so that's where we're going. Oh, also, it's all underwater. Um, Get ready. Maybe not my ideal situation. <laughs> Perhaps it's... I'll hold the bags and y'all can go. <laughs> it's so far underwater that your oxygen tank is going to run out before huh. we get there. So you're going to need to strap on an extra tank. And also we'll carry this turbine thing that'll like jet us through the water faster than we can swim because we're going to go really, really far. Okay. Do I have to? What? Why? <laughs> yes. Why are we doing this? Is it strictly necessary? <laughs> we need to go and see a woman about the origins of humanity. <laughs> and oh. she is underwater? Yes, she's <laughs> underwater in a cave. And she died there, oh, 15, 20,000 <gasps> years ago. Y yeah, you're not going to want me on this trip. I'm I know. I'm not going to be okay. So just... You're right to be worried because divers in these caves... They die every year because we are in the Yucatan Peninsula again. Uh and we are about to dive into hundreds of miles of underwater tunnels. I am not going. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> okay. You're going to have to go without me. Actually, even no. just imagining it gives me anxiety. Like my yeah. chest is like, <laughs> gave me a panic attack. So we can stay here in the mouth of the cave. Yes. We will stay here and we'll sit on this nice solid rock. Which is lovely. While I tell you about the people who did go into the cave. Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with this plan. It was 2007 and they went into the cave for no other reason than adventure. And they packed two tanks and the turbine engine and the flashlights and everything. And they chose this tunnel, followed it for the better part of a mile before the tunnel suddenly just dropped away, they found themselves floating in a completely black abyss. Nope. Their flashlights, they had these really powerful underwater flashlights, but there was no bottom for their flashlights to reflect from, and so they just disappeared into the darkness. They said it felt like a black hole. Yeah, no thanks. So they <laughs> named it Boya Negra. Not all of us would have plunged headfirst into the void. No. <laughs> That's no. what they did. They had to drop 100 feet into the abyss before their flashlight started to pick up on the cave floor. Again. Uh. The first thing that they saw 
was a gigantic pelvis. Like gig- <laughs> like mammoth-sized pelvis. They're like, what? And they start moving their flashlights around. And it's just, it's like the stuff of ho- horror films. Yeah. Elephant skulls. A massive thigh bone that snapped in two. The skull of a cave bear and giant sloths and like saber-toothed tiger fangs. It's like this heap of ginormous prehistoric bones. This was the cache of all caches. But just before their air alarms sent them back the way they came. Before you die. Yeah, they decided to push on just a little bit farther. And there it was. A human skull. Perched on a rise in the cave floor, almost as if it's like greeting the divers. Mm. Like, oh, hey. (laughs) And it was Naya. Mm. She had been resting there for many thousands of years. And in fact, turns out hers is the oldest complete skeleton ever found in the Americas. So once news broke, anthropologists everywhere were shouting from the rooftops. They're like, do you have any idea the mysteries that she could solve, the questions that she could answer? Wow. I'm Katie Nelson. And I'm Olivia Mickle. And this is What's-Her-Name. Fascinating women you've never heard of. Here we sit, in Dos Palmas Sonote, on the What's-Her-Name Yucatan tour. Of course. <laughs> wait, wait, we've done this before. <laughs> Dos Palmas <laughs> is a private cenote owned by uh, the cousin of the one and only Gabriel Semey. Hmm. Uh, good morning. My name is uh, Gabriel Seme. I am the guide of the, what's her name, a Yucatan tour. Gabo, our beloved guide mm. on the What's Her Name Yucatan tour, and of course, our former guest on the Flower in the Water Zazalha episode. The second interview you've recorded in your swimming suit. Yes, the greatest, the best, <laughs> the director of Ecomaya, a nature reserve. Ecomaya is a rescue animal center where we are working for conservation, trying to put animals back into the wild. We have around 250 animals of 14 different species, but not only animals, but plants, you know, and everything related to nature and our culture. Yes, we love him. We love him. Hmm. An unforgettable visit. Anyway, so here we are at Dos Palmas Cenote, which I'd never been to before, but Gabo brought us there because he said <laughs> it's the most beautiful. Little did I know, it's also hugely historically significant. <laughs> Actually, this uh, cenote is, is popular for the diving because the people want to get close to the cave. So the people come over here diving and you will find two different tunnels, okay? One of the tunnels takes you to the big dome where they find Naya. And when he said Naya, Naya immediately freaked out. (laughs) What? I didn't even know why we were there. He just brought us there because he said it's beautiful. Yep. And it is. It is. And anyway, so that's how this interview came about. Busted out my phone and said, we're recording this right now. (laughs) We are visiting today the Cenote Dos Palmas. The Cenote Dos Palmas is really important for us, for the Maya people, because it's really important part of our history. In the Cenote Dos Palmas, we have found the oldest skeleton in the Americas. It's called, her name is Naya. It was discovered about seven years ago by the archaeologist Guillermo de Anda and a team of Mexican anthropologists. Really famous here in Mexico. He is exploring the Acuifero Maya, a system that has 347 yeah. kilometers. He has dived every meter of that cave in 10 years and they map it and they are mapping all the system in the Yucatan okay probably they have like two percent already yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it's really big um so you just dive just down here yes down it just keeps going and going yes it keeps going going. it's too far it's really far you can go for miles and miles and miles diving okay and there are so many tunnels 
if you put your mask and if you get close to there, you can see the lines. The blue lines will show you a cavern and the white lines a cave. Really? Okay? Do you dive in the caves? Uh, yes, but I am not certified. I cannot go so far. I can dive only in a cavern. Uh, I have to see the exit. I cannot go beyond. I don't have that certification. That's where, Jeremy. yeah. This is scary. It's beautiful. Uh, but uh, I don't think I want to go beyond. That's, that's where I want to stay. And since this marvelous journey, I have done my homework. And boy, Naya is a fascinating mystery <laughs> for science. I cannot believe she tells such a story. So what I've decided to do is this. You, Olivia, are the queen of mysteries, as we know. <laughs> How are you at puzzles? Jigsaw puzzles? The worst in the world. Really? Oh, That's I, I loathe them. Whoa. I will sit there for an hour and find one piece. It, <laughs> it breaks my brain. I hate them. I don't understand. Okay. Well, I was envisioning this as a kind of jigsaw puzzle where I have all these different pieces of the puzzle and you have to put them together. Oh, intellectual <laughs> jigsaw puzzles are great. Let's try it. Well, let's <laughs> see if this breaks your brain hmm. or if you put them together and form yourself a story. Okay, this is a puzzle called Who Were the First Americans? <laughs> In other words, why did humans come here? How did they come here? When did they come here? All very good questions that have been with us for centuries. <laughs> I love teaching this section of my world history class because we get to just rocket through all the fun and wacky theories. Right. Everything, all of the ways people have been very sure they knew. Yes! Until yeah. something turned it all until upside down. Until we're not. Yeah. And it's still the case. It's really interesting. I think people have a lot riding on the answer to this question, who mm. were the first Americans? How did humans first come here? And I think it's because those of us who live in the Americas today, mm. it's sort of like a deciding how we connect to the big story. Mm. How are we connected? So you get all kinds of fun theories. Some of my favorites include uh, that the first Americans were actually Alexander the Great's sailors, that he had a ship that <laughs> went missing back in the day. Like, it turned right instead of left or whatever, and it ended up in the Americas, and that those are the first Americans. Wow. So. I had missed that one. So we're Greek. Um, there's a, a theory that it's um, the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Of course, that the Vikings go back a lot farther than we think, and that they explored the whole world and, you know, landed in the Americas. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do keep discovering that the Vikings were everywhere well before we thought they were, yeah. so just... Add a couple of thousand years onto that? Sure, Just fine. Add, yeah, add maybe like, I don't know, 50,000 years yeah, onto that. Yeah, seems reasonable. Um, ancient Egyptians, common one. Ancient Romans. Sure, I mean, sure. ancient Hebrews. You got everything. Okay. You got yeah. all, the, all the different possibilities. Walked across a hypothetical land bridge from Aha! Russia. Yes, that's what I was taught. Yeah. Let's ask Naya. <laughs> what does she have to say about all of this? Okay, Olivia, so let's say you just found the oldest skeleton uh, in the Americas <laughs> inside a cave. What questions are you asking? Uh, how old was she? Uh-huh, um, yes. Where did she come from? How did she die? Why is she underwater in a cave? Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, what did she look like? Mm -hmm. Um... You've got it. Those are all the puzzle pieces right there. The good news is I have answers for all of those. <laughs> Here they are. I've literally written them down on little pieces of paper. Okay. These are your puzzle pieces. And this is going to be like a choose your own adventure. Haha. -ha. You decide which puzzle piece you want to know about and then put it together as you will. So. Great. Ready? So. Boop, do, 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 um, if you were not American in the 90s, then that just made no sense. I am Alex Trebek, and welcome to Jeopardy. Oh, now I've mixed my games, haven't I? I was going to say, that's not, that's not... Now you're in Jeopardy. No. Yeah. Okay, we're doing a puzzle, but here's your puzzle pieces. Ready. One is called DNA. Where mm. did she come from? Another is called carbon dating. Mm. How old is she? 
Hmm. Puzzle number three. Animals with her. What's going on? Right. All right. Another one. Her face or morphology. Next, her bones. How did she die? Mm -hmm. Next, the Bering Strait and uh, Ice Age Paths, as you referred to previously. Mm -hmm. uh, and last but not least, other ancient finds. As in, is she like the first human in America? Mm. All right, Olivia. You pick what you want to know first and see how they fit together. Uh, well, I'm intrigued with how did she die being bones, because apparently her bones show how she died, and they don't ah. always, so let's do that. <laughs> her bones. Alex for 100. No, sorry, I won't mix my games anymore. <laughs> All right. How much of the skeleton survives? 80% uh, 80, 80 of the skeleton. Oh, wow. Almost everything. Her teeth? All the teeth, all the, and most of the, of the body, okay? Oh. 80 to 85%. Wow. There were just a few bones missing. Thanks to the preservation of her bones in the underwater cave, um, we know a shocking amount about her life. Hmm. How old was she? Around 16 years old. <gasps> very, very young girl. She still hadn't got her wisdom teeth. Hmm. We know from the points where her muscles w would have attached to her bones that she was basically constantly moving. Constantly. Hmm. Her legs were so strong, they were like as strong as a 35-year-old man today. Wow. She had, then things get a little bit gnarly. Mm -mm. Uh, she had a spiral fracture in her left arm, which had healed very poorly. Oh. The only way you get a spiral fracture is it's from like a wrenching. another human. Yeah. Oh. This is an injury of human violence. Mm. She had a massive break in her pelvic bone, and they could tell it was a fresh break. This isn't one that had happened in right. her lifetime, like a fatal kind of mm. break. So this is where they think she get the idea that she fell fell mm. to her death. Mm. She must have been exploring by herself uh, to probably, fall in. Probably yes, exactly by herself to not be safe. Yes, exactly to not be safe. What I believe is that the guys will probably go hunting and the girls will collect water or collecting fruits, and that was part of her. Uh, work okay so she went to get water and didn't come back that's right so she fell hundreds of feet under water well no because you okay so there wasn't water because you don't land hard enough in water to shatter pelvises right the cenotes were not full of water back in that time Back then, you had to look far and you had to look deep within cave systems to try to find pools of fresh water. Mm. She was probably looking for water. Wow. She walked inside of the cave trying to get water, and they tried to follow the animals, okay? She didn't realize there was a big uh, tunnel or cave. The ground fell out from under her. And she fell. She fell a hundred feet. Yes, yes. I don't want to imagine how uh, painful and uh, terrifying it was for her because uh, for her to fall over there means that she had no more light. Oh. oh. She was burning a torch probably and she had no more light. This is why she didn't see you and she felt. Oh. So everything, it was dark. It was terrible mm -hmm. huh? for her, I believe. So her light goes out. Yes, her She's light She's wandering goes out. in the dark. And fall. <gasps> yes. And break her hips, and this is how she died. Wow. Ugh. And then, if she survived the fall, she it might have just been instantaneous, but if she survived the fall, then she would have, like, come to... 
mm. and realize she's on a mound <laughs> of bones. That's not terrifying at all. Other animals who have met the same fate. Scary. And full of animals that now we don't see, and they were very dangerous. She was probably lost. She was alone. Wow. Just took one fatal step to the end. And probably was really hard, really tough, really terrifying for her because uh, probably she asked for help, but her tribe couldn't hear. It was too deep. Here's another grim clue from her skeleton. Oh, good. After the uh, forensic uh, biologist analyzed this pelvic bone, so we've got the one break that looks fatal, but mm. she looked closer at it and she said, this is really weird, this pelvis bone. her It's not fused. It had lacerated segments. Her conclusion was that Naya must have had a pregnancy mm. before her pelvis was able to hold oh. a child. <sighs> I know. <sighs> Other clues from her spine tell us that probably her the norm was that she was carrying a big heavy basket like mm. against her back and it had a strap that went over her forehead. Over her head. Mm. Yeah, so maybe carrying water, you know. Mm. So we have this picture of this girl who is constantly on the move, mm. carrying a big basket. Working very hard. Violence, yeah, that's a rough life. It's yeah. a rough life. We also know from her bones, especially her teeth, that she endured regular seasonal periods of starvation. Oh. So it's like, like every year, there's a time mm -hmm. period when they are not getting enough food. Mm. Okay, so there's your first piece of the puzzle. Any conclusions from that? Or yeah, I mean, story? you don't know how to feed yourself. You don't know where the water is. You're new. You're new. <laughs> yeah. They were not used to this place according to all the bones. They were not used to the food that they were eating in this place. So they were oh. brand new in here. They so were exploring. Registration is now open on What's Your Name's Yucatan Tour 2024. Join us in Mexico as we walk in the footsteps of Zazel Ha, learn traditional Mayan cooking, tour Mayan ruins, snorkel with sea turtles, and so many more off-the-beaten-track adventures with our wonderful little band of kindred spirits. Spots are going fast, so sign up now on our website at whatsyournamepodcast.com. We can't wait to see you there. What next, Olivia? She's new. So what, oh. where is she from? Oh, okay. So do you want the uh, the DNA puzzle piece? Yeah. Where did she come from? Yeah. Aha. Okay, so yeah. I mean, in the modern scientific age, you find a skeleton, your greatest hope is like, we're going to get some DNA out of this. Yeah. It's going to tell us absolutely everything. There's wonderful things and there's complicated things about mm. her DNA. Her skeleton, the only reason that it survives so well, is that it was fossilized. Okay, so the, the water level start growing up, and all the minerals, especially the calcium, make preserve all of these bones. So that's tricky. It's fossilized bone. Mm. It's theoretically possible to extract DNA from ancient sources like this. Controversial, though. Mm. The water had dissolved all of her collagen, and collagen is the best source for mm. ancient DNA. So we don't have that. But so they drilled deep into one of her molars, and they were teeth. able to... Teeth. Exactly. <laughs> to extract some DNA from her teeth, but not the ideal DNA. The mm. perfect DNA is if you get it from the nucleus, but this is mitochondrial DNA. Mm. Some scientists will be like, useless. Don't even... 
You need nuclear DNA or don't do anything at all. But the bonds are really important because we still can make uh, different studies to see where are they coming from. Like in this case, they, we know today that Naya came from Asia. They found that she came from Beringia. Have you ever heard of Beringia? I was going to say, I thought I knew all the places. Yeah, me We're too. But I didn't. Geography nerd family. Exactly. How do I not know what That's why is. one of your other puzzle pieces is the Bering Strait because I learned some stuff. Oh, Beringia. Beringia. Yeah. Oh. And the Bering Strait is like where Russia meets Alaska. Mm-hmm. But it's theoretical. Her DNA is Beringian. Wow. But also, they take her DNA and map it forward. And she has a haplotype that is relatively common among the indigenous peoples of Chile and Argentina. <laughs> Which is interesting. Not Mexico. Yeah. All the way south. All the way huh. to the bottom of South America. They m- kept on moving. Moving. Yeah. So if she's constantly on the move. Is she like part of a group of people who are just like, we're going to go to the edge. Yeah. And go to the end. Wherever well, if you it can't is. eat, maybe, yeah, keep going you just until keep you find something. Yeah. Is there teeth analysis? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, I think it must be problematic because it's fossilized. Yeah. Fossils have seashells and crap in them, so then yeah, you get that. Yeah, exactly. This person is a mollusk. No. Yeah. Okay. That is what we know from her DNA. What puzzle piece next? Um, well, all right then. Bearing straight. Were okay. my high school and college professors correct? Yeah, okay. This is so fascinating to me. The going theory was, do you remember? What were you taught? Yes, humans slowly migrated across a, at the time, land bridge between Russia and what's now Alaska, and eventually moved further and further south, filling the entire continent. Yes, yes. Problematic. I must say, I was skeptical at the time. Were you? I was. If if all the oldest stuff we know is south, then perhaps south is where we should look for earlier. Right. Yeah. So if we have human evidence that precedes the land bridge, how did they get here? Yeah. So there's two schools of thought about this theoretical land bridge. One is that it was like frozen over. It was a land bridge because the ocean was frozen, right? Oh, in, yeah. In the ice age. And so you could cross. It was it was covered in snow and ice, but you could cross. Yeah. But growing evidence says actually way more water was caught up in the glaciers of the north. And mm. so the sea levels were lower. Mm, yeah. And when the sea levels were lower, it was a just ton land. Of actual land yeah. Yeah, between Russia and Alaska... And so they say that for hundreds, maybe even thousands of years, people from across Asia moved up there and lived yeah. in this little piece of land called Beringia. No, hmm. this huge piece of land called <laughs> Beringia. Okay, so then they say you, you're up in Beringia where things are nice, but then you've got, you know, the, the Yukon of <laughs> Canada. And so you can't come south because that's blocked. Hmm. But the theory goes that an ice-free corridor opened up 15,000 years ago. They say hmm. that it went from Beringia down the eastern side of the Rockies. So pretty much like right where your house is. Yeah. They were just like, there was just this highway of people moving south. However... That, too, has been questioned, and a new report has just come out, which Mm -hmm. is actually, like, amazing the amount of work that they put into it. And their conclusion is that the ice-free corridor was not ice-free. It (laughs) had no signs of life. It had no ability to sustain any humans until (laughs) much later than we have been thinking. Ha! So, she's got Beringian DNA, but she could not have walked according to this new finding. Or if they did walk, they survived some kind of like impossible ice trek with literally no food, like nothing to eat. No nothing. I mean, obviously they were riding woolly mammoths. Were they? Oh. (laughs) Of course they were. I mean, come on. What other possible explanation could there be? Okay, I had not thought of that, but now 
That's my going theory. <laughs> Obviously, that's what they did. I mean, boats were a thing. Aha! Boats were a thing. <laughs> they came sailing. This is what it's believed because by Siberia and Canada, it haven't melted yet yeah. when that happened. So probably they started sailing and they arrived all the way to this place. Wow. So if she came from Asia, they would have landed on the west coast or sail all the way uh, around. We, we don't know that. Probably they came from the Pacific area and they started walking like yeah. this. Yes. Wow. This is what uh, we believe. Okay, well, then the carbon dating seems like the next logical step because mm. if our Bering Strait theory is now thrown out of whack, Aha. Right. how do we know how old she is? Right. Once again, it is a tricky environment from which to carbon date a thing. <laughs> but what we can know for sure is that, just as you suspected, Olivia, from her pelvic break, mm. that she was in a dry cave for... Yeah. Long, 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 long time. Hmm. And then the cave filled with mineral-rich water hmm. and stayed completely full in complete darkness for a long, 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 long time. Hmm. And, but it wasn't just like, whoosh, and now it's full of water. It's slowly <laughs> filled with water. Right. So it was like a watery pirate cave type yeah. of environment. So water was like dripping from top and the walls hmm. and everything. Hmm. Calcium carbonate was growing on things that were in the cave. So it was basically like little mini stalagmites. Yeah. And they grew on the bones in the cave. Wow. So they call them bone florets. Ooh, that's a good word. So we can carbon date the bone florets. Oh, okay. So what we are able to date wow. is the roundabout <laughs> year that the bone florets stopped growing. That's what we can oh, date. Okay. And we can say, why would they stop growing? Because they're underwater. Because they're underwater. Yep. So we, we can date the moment the cave floods. Wow. That's what we've got. So From we know that, at least this old. Yes. And then how long does a floret take to accumulate? To grow. Exactly. And then at least that old, and that's when water starts dripping. So, wow. Look, you're basically an archaeologist. Yeah. So we can say she is at least 12,000 years old. At least. Wow. That's when the florets stopped growing. Wow. But we don't have any way of saying how fast the florets grew yeah. in the first place. And how long they sat there before water started dripping. Yeah. Exactly. A million years. Oh. Well, Gabo goes back 27,000 years. Wow. They bring the skeleton out and they make uh, different studies to make sure how old she is. And they discovered that was 27,000 years old. 10 times 10,000 years older than the expert actually believe that the people came to America to live. From other environmental evidence in the Yucatan, we know that the environment changed drastically 20,000 years ago. And so that's why locals like Gabo are convinced that she is at least 20,000 mm. years old. We can't say. Frustrating. <laughs> okay, so that's how old she is based on carbon dating. Right, wow. your last three pieces. Animals with her, her face, or other ancient finds. Well, the, the animals have to be another clue too, right? I mean, she's mixed among animals that we know when those animals existed. Ah, yes. With her, they find another probably 200 skeletons from five to seven different species that are already extinct. So all of them were prehistoric animals sharing 27,000 years with Naya. Oh. Hmm. Many of them went extinct 13,000 years ago. Hmm. And if that's when they went extinct, then like at what point in time were they common enough to be in caves randomly right, yeah. falling in? This is a contemporaneous graveyard. Yep. Wow. We are very close to the cenote Sacactun, okay? Only two kilometers from here, which is like one mile. That cenote has 347 kilometers and they have found hundreds and hundreds of prehistoric animals over there. 
Okay, and we have also another one here called El Pit. We call it also the animal cemetery because there is thousands of remains and bones of these prehistoric animals like saber-toothed tigers, gonfoterios, mammoths, and giant armadillos. How giant? Like what size armadillo? Oh, like the size of this palapa. What? Like the size, what, uh, 10, 12 feet across? More or less, yes. Oh. They were really big and they still they have the whole shelf. The calcium helped it to preserve. You never find human bones in the same place that you find bones of prehistoric animals. No, I mean, People that's... People were just freaking out. Yeah. So today we can actually see them in the museum in Chetumal. We can see the bones of uh, Naya. Mm -hmm. And she was in the cenote for 27,000 years. The cenote dos palmas. Wow. Megafauna are terrifying. I know. And again, I just like imagine her waking up and looking oh. around. Oh. <laughs> like the, the skeletons around her, what she's mm. seeing. <sighs> Nothing, because it's dark, thank goodness. Yes, complete darkness. Oh, maybe that's so, worse. I know, I know. Cause like thinking about what my guide said in the Irish mm -hmm. caves, that your senses can't handle it. You hallucinate. Yeah. You see things. You start hearing all kinds of things. He said that he was hearing, he was hearing voices that were telling him to do things that were like irrational and would have made him fall into a crevice and die. Wow. Yeah, wild. Oh. But maybe, maybe comforting and happy hallucinations. Yeah. Okay, last two pieces. Her face or other ancient finds. What would you like to know? Um. So let's leave her face for the end. Okay. It feels like meeting her maybe ah. finally um so uh, other ancient finds what, okay. what else is going on okay because she is the oldest skeleton ever found in the americas yeah some of the by a fair amount yes if i'm remembering correctly yeah there are <laughs> there are tiny bits that are roughly yeah. contemporaneous with her but especially if she's 15 or twenty thousand years old yeah she's like in a, a category of her own yeah um, so the other ancient evidence that we have to go off of is not skeletal remains, but other things like mm. stone tools and butchery of animals, like mm -hmm. mammoth butchery. That's a pretty good clue. Like, well, you can look at those bones and say, this is not natural. Humans, you know, yeah. pulled this animal apart. Yeah. Um, and uh, the very oldest evidence that we have in the whole of the Americas is evidence of fire, which is in Brazil. <laughs> and the archaeologist who's working on that right now, she is utterly and absolutely convinced that this is evidence that's going to prove humans have been here for 100,000 years. Wow. Which is w way older yeah. <laughs> than what anybody is talking about right now. But to me, it's not surprising. I mean, yeah. Homo sapiens... I think it's inevitable. People were probably almost everywhere, yeah. almost all the yeah. time. <laughs> I think that the field of ancient history in America is so exciting right now because there's just like so much to be discovered. Okay, the other really big main sites are Monteverde, which is in Chile, 32,000 years ago. Mm. Pedra Ferrada in Brazil, 22,000 years ago. Uh, there's evidence of Mastodon hunting in Venezuela 13,000 years ago. And then, of course, the Clovis people, which are famous in North America. Yeah. We're finding their stuff everywhere. And so far, the Clovis people go back 13,000 years. Wow. All of this means that humans have been in the Americas for a long time, <laughs> well before Naya. Hmm. But skeletons can tell us things nothing else can. Stone tools cannot tell us things like... Uh, spiral fracture on the left arm. Yeah. And, but in fact, so this one uh, archaeologist specializes in the skeletal remains, oldest skeletal remains all across the Americas. There's mm. about two dozen um, and all fragments, you know, mm -hmm. compared to Naya. But it's kind of amazing. All the fragments bear signs of what the archaeologist calls extreme male aggression. Mm. Violence. Wow. They're mostly like uh, wounds on their foreheads and, you know, bone fractures, which can only come from another human. 
I'm reminded of something Janet Montgomery said hmm. long ago when I was interviewing her about teeth. <laughs> the past was not a very nice place, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Well, can I push back on that a bit? Why yeah. male aggression? Ah how did they know who did the aggression? Good point. I'm glad you asked. Maybe it's just a super violent society. Yeah, and everybody's fighting. This feels like us exporting our views. I like views this. I like this. That men are aggressive and women are not backwards when that is not true historically or archaeologically across yeah. the board. Okay. I to- I love this. I love this and uh, for the sake of argument. So I mean so maybe it is, but maybe, maybe it's Yeah, maybe. but how do you interpret So how would you interpret that like it's all the male skeletons? That have the signs of fighting, like face wounds and shoulder wounds, like things where mm. they're like bashing each other in the face. Whereas the women bear signs of twisted arms and things mm. like that, like bad battery. Well, I mean, it could be coincidence. We only have we only have two dozen fragments. Yeah, that, it's a, the sample size is too small. Very to small. Make You're right. Strong okay, decisions. So. But if we said, look, all of these female skeletons had their skulls bashed in. I think mm-hmm. we would still say, see, the men. Male violence. You're right. Are, you're right. Right? Maybe, yes. Maybe everyone was bashing each other's skulls. Maybe our current binary sex categorization didn't exist. Yeah. And that's a just irrelevant strength. question to ask altogether. Ah, agreed. It could just be all about how strong are your legs? How much mm-hmm. water can you carry in a basket from your head? How angry are you? <laughs> okay, here's the other theory that goes that backs up this male aggression mm. uh, argument. The, this was the thinking in this Nova episode, which I'll link in the in the show notes. Mm. Um, so he says women died young in childbirth because mm-hmm. Homo sapiens sapiens have larger heads, and you know we know all that. Right. So very risky childbirth. Women died young. There are very few women, which leads the men to become more aggressive to compete. For the women. That's what they yeah. said. I mean, yeah. you can't say maybe. it wasn't. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. You can't say it was. Maybe not. Okay. So what we can say is violence. Violence. Not a nice place. Maybe there were very few women, so they were bashing men's heads in to keep them away. Maybe they were. Maybe they were in charge of everything. Maybe yep. they were the ones riding the mastodons, and the men were getting stomped on by the mastodons. Yep. Clearly. Okay, uh, let's see. Do I have anything else on this ancient finds? Uh, oh my, yes. All the other skull fragments from all these other ancient humans are morphologically much more closely matched with Africa or mm. Australia than they are with any modern Native Americans. Wow. All see, people... We're always traveling. Mm. So do you think, I mean, that's morphology. So that's just saying, like, let's look at the structure of the bones. Yeah. Some people are like, pish! How dare you just judge somebody based on what their face basically looks like? And they say, <laughs> let's look at DNA. So then yeah. they look at, you know, Naya's DNA and they go, see, she's Asian. It can be both. People can be from all over the place. That is a reasonable argument, but this last <laughs> puzzle piece is going to confuse you. Ah, okay. Let's look at her morphology, okay? This is what her face looks like. Mm. Um, it is so striking. Her face is very short, very mm. broad. She has incredibly pronounced, like, sharp cheekbones. Mm. Very broad nose, very large wide set eyes, almond eyes. She's got an overbite, a massive overbite. She has very small ears. She <laughs> looks like a Tim Burton character. Wow. So morphologically, she looks definitely Australian and or African. Hmm. But then her DNA is is Asian. Yeah. What a mystery. People were always traveling. <laughs> Everyone, you can be from lots of places genetically. It's hard because if she was from lots of places, like say she had African ancestors and Mm. Australian and Asian, 
then how come only the Asian DNA is coming through? Yeah. I mean, that's how DNA works, right? You can have a totally different oh, yeah. DNA makeup than your full sibling just because yeah. the expression is a good point. I got this part yeah. and you got that part. Like our brother. He's basically like genetically from Spain. Right. And the rest of us are <laughs> from we're Ireland. Very and Irish and Welsh and yeah. Danish. And, yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. So, I mean, that DNA is useful, but it's also very spotty. I, I'm suspicious of the DNA. Yeah. Maybe that DNA is from a Siberian tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. That got that was in the water. Washed into her teeth yeah. in the <laughs> hole. I don't know how it works. I know. Compromised, oh. fossilized DNA is tricky. It is so fascinating. Well, I'm delighted with all of this because I love landing in, we have no idea. We don't uh -huh. know. I love. Oh, me too. I love better questions, not I answers. I love the mystery. <laughs> Answers are boring. Give me better questions. Oh, man. When, for me, what it really comes back to is the reality of her lived existence. She's yeah. a real human girl. Mm. She really fell in a cave and died 15,000 years ago. Mm. And there she lay in total darkness for 15,000 years years as the cave uh -huh. fills with water and it's just pure darkness i mean the maya come and go <laughs> and come back again and she's in the mayan underworld yeah for all those thousands of years and then in 2007 along comes somebody with a flashlight <laughs> it's like uh hey hey uh -huh. and they bring her up bring her out into the light again yeah. Little did she know that she herself would become the ultimate legacy, yeah. the ultimate time capsule to encode our human story into her bones and mm. tell us about who we are and where we came from. Yes, we know her as our grandmother. Grandmother Naya? Naya, this is how we call her, right? Yeah. Our grandmother, because we it's the oldest uh, women skeleton ever found here in America, mm. in the whole continent. Mm We recorded this whole interview in Dos Palmas Cenote, hmm. right there at the entrance to the cave system. Just us, just this group of Americans learning about <laughs> grandmother. We switched off the recorders. I turn around and there's one of our group, the delightful Kirk Stapley, science teacher, chemist, <laughs> uh, wiping tears from his eyes. Hmm. And it, it was clear he was, he had just been like slammed by something. Yeah. You know, he was like, Kirk, what? what's happening what's what's going on uh and he says he's just written a poem hmm. <laughs> i was like uh you wrote, just wrote a poem <laughs> he had channeled something hmm. i mean who am i to say how or why it happened but in a matter of moments he had penned this poem hmm. i think it's the right way to end our story. It's as close to Naya as we can get. Well, if it, if he made all of us cry, then we get to make everyone listening cry. Exactly. Naya by Kirk Stapley. Alone, looking, my light went out. At the corner of my eyes, I saw only darkness, unseen rustling, whispers, spirits. Alone, I ran. I fell so far onto broken bones 
my body also broken, kept me company with pain, until at last I feel numb, alone, as before. Alone, my fear ebbs, and a white mist grows at the corners of my eyes. Once again, I see my mother's kind gaze, my father's strong glance, my people's regard. Alone, we traveled so far. I know they looked, but I must meet my rest here, alone, in the dark. Alone, the unseen bones around me wake and stir. At the corner of my eyes, the mist grows brighter. The spirits rise, not alone, no. These fallen, these left behind bones, they will walk with me as friends. They have come for me, so I will not be alone. Special thanks to Gabrielle Semey at Ecomaya in Playa del Carmen. If you're ever traveling to the area, I highly recommend getting Gabo as a guide. He can take you on all kinds of adventures, including visiting Dos Palmas Private Cenote. He can take you to cooking lessons in the rainforest with Lupita. It is an experience I will never forget. Ecomaya.mx if you want to learn more about Naya, there's a Nova episode that follows the discovery of her bones and a number of other articles on our website. This episode was recorded on site by Miranda Keister. Thanks to the whole group for being game enough to sit and record an episode with me on the fly. And thanks, of course, to Kirk Stapley for sharing the poem. Music for this episode was composed by Kevin McLeod, Elephant, Jimena Contreras, Patrick Patricios, Amulets, and Daniel Foster Smith. Our interns are Katie Boucher and Caitlin Maxwell. If you want to hear all of our episodes ad-free, sign up on Patreon. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where we post all kinds of additional content each week. Thank you so much for donating, and thanks for listening.